Cowper was a man who experienced really significant depression in his life. He really, really struggled. And at one of the real low points in his life, William Cowper decided in London that life wasn't worth living, so he would end it all. And so William Cowper, he called a, a cabbie, probably in the early days of um, taxis in, in London, whether it was horse-drawn or what, I'm not quite sure. But William Cowper, he asked the cabbie, he said, would you take me to the London Bridge? That's all I want to go to London Bridge because he said, I want to jump off and kill myself because life's not worth living. And the cabbie said, OK, I'll take you to London Bridge. At about that time, as they got the cab, they said it was, uh, no, I'm not a Londoner. Any Londoners here? No Londoners here, but they said there was a real pea super came down. You know, they said it was that thick, the, the cloud, you could almost cut it, cut your way through it. It was really a bad uh, fog. And so the cabbie started off heading for London Bridge. He got lost. And the, and the story goes that the uh, taxi driver, he drove for about an hour, round and round and round, trying to find his way to London Bridge. And in the end, he said to Cowper, look, I'm sorry, I am totally lost. I have no idea where I am. I might as well let you out here. And so Cowper said, OK. He got out of the taxi and he was outside his home. He was outside his home. And Cowper thought, it must be something God's trying to say to me. Then he went into his house and he wrote the hymn. And the first verse says this. God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. And there are a whole bunch of other verses. But the, the last verse he wrote says... Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. And, and Cowper went on to live a, a very, very effective uh, ministry and yet it all comes back that his life, he said, wasn't worth living but God had plans. And we come to the end of a year. And yes, I think we all can look back at a year that's been, wondering just what was and thinking about it. And yet I believe that we will all experience the fact that God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. And we're going to just have an opportunity to share what this year has meant to you. And, uh, and we just want you to just feel free to share your heart. One of the things that people in my church that have years have known is that, you know, I don't pick on anybody. Sometimes I just ask you to come and share something. So I don't know whether I'll do that tonight, but who knows what I might do, <laughs> you know. And if you don't like me, I'll tell you Glenn told me to do it. But, but we, just want to, we just want you to have the opportunity of sharing what 2019 has meant to you and, um, and just let God speak through you. I asked Steve this morning, you know, the, one of the 
the first time I spoke, the first time I spoke here at Cafe Church, uh, Steve just came in the door, and he came in, and he sat down at this table here with us, and um, and it was just amazing the the message I had that night to share. I'd, I was supposed to do it the week before, but I was sick and I couldn't do it. And so I left, came the next week and Steve was just here and, and Steve, you know, he mentioned to me that I just needed to hear what you had to say that night. And uh, so 2009, come up, Steve. And Steve's been with us probably a few months now, hasn't it? And uh, so Steve, just share with us something on your heart of what this year has meant to you. Uh, my name's Steve. Um, for me, this has been a year of firsts. Um, I'm 61 and never experienced any of this before. So for the first time, I actually listened to God. And I don't know how, for how many years God's been trying to speak to me. Um, And this time I actually listened to him. Um, And after I picked myself up off the floor and wiped my tears away and shook my head trying to figure out what the heck was going on, um, I started getting urges about what to do with all this. And... um, I ended up here and um, coming through the doors, I bumped into special people that have helped me to grow. Um, The first time I prayed was before I became a Christian, after I got off the floor. Um, The first time I've stepped inside a church when it wasn't a funeral or a wedding. Um, The first time I've actually got up the front of anything. I'm a very secular person. I'm afraid of audiences. This, to me, is such a challenge. Um, and I've forced myself, ever since I've become a Christian, to get up the front, always. Uh, get involved, speak out, be heard. Um, not something I normally do. Um, I love being at home alone. My missus told me that my best friend was my six-year-old granddaughter because I never went to anyone's house. No one ever turned up at my house. Everywhere I've went all my life, I turned my back on it once I finished with it. Once I finished with the Navy, I walked away. I've never approached anyone since the Navy since. Um, Once I left all the works that I've been up in security up north, I've walked away. So here I am here, I've finished with Woolies now. I gave my notice and this morning was the first time I came to a Sunday morning church. So I thought, different. Um, but with this year of first, and I'm so glad spoke, God spoke to me, you know, um, this is a journey for me that will last until the day I die. <coughs> and even then, I think it may continue on. The people I'm hoping to be able to help in this journey will be the ones that watch what I do, is what I believe. Um, I can't tell anybody to do anything and I've always only ever said, you watch what I do and you follow me. That was my motto in the Navy. That was my motto in security. Um, When I became a leader in those areas, I just said, I'm not going to tell you to do anything I can't do myself. So if I can do it, I'll show you how to do it. Um, So that's been my journey. Here I am now and I am so happy. Mm. Isn't it, isn't it great what God can do? And uh, 61, you know, if I get down to preach, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Moses. And Moses spent 40 years, you know, in, the, uh, in Egypt. Then he spent four years in the wilderness, 
with his um, getting married and looking after sheep. And when he was 80, he was ready for ministry. So we've made 60s the new 80. <laughs> and, uh, but no, it's great, isn't it, what God can do? So thanks, Steve. And so we praise God that God is working and touching the lives of people, and bless you, mate, for that. Someone else had been on a journey is Mike. And Mike just came in. I said, Mike, I'm going to get you to share with your journey. Because some journeys are really, really, really exciting, and some journeys are not on their bucket list. And Mike, will you come and share? Well, you want to, do you want to sit there and share? You're happy to? Yep. And, and I think we can just uh, appreciate that uh, Mike will share something of his journey and, and the faithfulness of God. Well, <laughs> my name's Michael Tobin, 71 years old. I have uh, enjoyed a fabulous journey since I was converted, age 17. And I've always enjoyed and grateful to God for incredibly good health. Up until <laughs> the 9th of May this year, when I found myself uh, getting taken to hospital in an ambulance in a great deal of pain and um, 8th of May I was fine 9th of May one thing led to another over a period of weeks I was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 gastroesophageal cancer which had metastasized to the liver um, if that wasn't bad enough things got worse Got an infection, C. diff, C diff infection in the hospital, uh, which was life-threatening. And um, so they couldn't keep giving me chemo. And in that time, the cancer spread rapidly. It doubled in the liver and um, attacked the spine and the hip. And apparently I've got some in the lung and I don't know where else. Um, that's the negative side. Is there a positive side to that? You bet there is. The greatest thing in this life is relationship with Jesus. And um, has this brought me into a closer relationship with Jesus? You bet it has. I mean, where else do you turn with something like that? And um, I've always been passionate about the scripture, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, that's present continuous, is proceeding from the mouth of God. It's what's God saying to you in all of this. Mm. And people have been sending me scriptures which I live by. By the way, I believe every one of us has got a life message that is worked into us by God through the things he takes us through. Yep. And That's if right. you don't know your life message, you better start getting seriously with God mm. because <laughs> you too are dying. I'm not the only one here that's dying. And you don't want to die before you... That's right. Live out your life's message. Hmm. Amen. So this is... Um, I keep forgetting I need glasses. Oh, 
it got worse. I then got taken to hospital in an ambulance uh, on two other occasions, again with uh, dramatic <laughs> life-threatening stuff. Um, but this scripture... Um, 2 Corinthians 4. says... Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Hmm. Not just me. There's a few others I look around and... (laughs) You're on the journey. We're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And I have been discovering this. uh, Inwardly being renewed is fantastic. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Mm. And when you can look at what I've been through and call it light and temporary troubles, it's because you see eternity which goes on forever and God's shaping us into the image of Jesus and that's all far better and it goes on and on and on with no sickness or pain or anything else. And... um, There's a life message uh, coming out here. So, it's achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And if we don't fix our eyes on what is eternal, we're foolish, because that lasts forever. Hmm. Okay, now the good news. Last Friday... Um, had an update on the CT scans. Um, I'm enjoying reading it. I keep reading it. It's, uh, they gave me, included my brain in it, because apparently esophageal cancer also shifts to the spine and the brain. And um, my brain's good. <laughs> got a good brain. But... At least the lesions on my lungs have decreased. Praise God. Both in number and in size. Mm. The lesions on the liver have decreased, both in number and size. And get this, the x-ray on my spine, when we saw it in August, there was just a black spot where there was a hole where there used to be the bottom of my spine it had been eaten away by cancer and now there was nothing there and likewise for part of my hip the lesions on my spine have reduced and the bone has started to regrow so I think there's a life message emerging here somewhere and I look forward to 2020 Praise God for that. Isn't, isn't God good? And uh, so we continue to pray for Mike. And uh, he's been a blessing to us. And especially as one of the, um, the old pastors in the, in the cohort at present. And Mike's been a blessing to us. I wonder, I wouldn't ask anybody embarrassing questions, but Laura, would you like to come up here and tell us what you learned from New Guinea? 
I got, I got the look, but she's coming. I can get away with that because Laura's in my church at Caboolture for some years. So, Laura, what did you learn about New Guinea? Um, I learned a fair bit. Um, it was quite an emotional, actually, a trip. Um, just seeing how different, like how little they have, yet how much they praise God for everything and how much they give to others. Oh. Um, and some days was just amazing, like with the women, we got them to speak out about things in their life. And I don't know, it was very empowering, I think, for them. It was very emotional seeing them stand out and speak out about things. Yeah, so I just learned a lot. The culture, everybody was amazing. It was just an amazing trip. Yeah. So good. Anybody like to ask Laura a question? <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. It's great, isn't it, to see that um, our, our younger ones uh, are getting involved in ministry and uh, praise God for our young people. Anybody else like to share something with us for what 2019 has meant to you? It's your opportunity. Coming up, anybody else? We've got one coming. Elena. Come on up. She, this one, Pauline made me a lovely cup of coffee and I said that was good. It'll keep you awake while I'm preaching. <laughs> he said I need it to stay awake when I'm preaching. I went, well, who's preaching tonight? He went, me. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble off my daughter. But I have, I'm so grateful to my church family here. Um, my daughter is eight and a half and she has some major anxiety issues. She was having issues last year where she was actually hearing a voice in her head telling her to die. <laughs> um, it was an amazing Tuesday night here for our prayer meeting that I had some amazing, I'll say grandparents of the church who prayed for her and she's not heard that voice since but we're still struggling with her major anxiety to the point where I've homeschooled her. I don't think I would have got through it without my church family here. You guys are amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that great? Just to know that God's still in the prayer answering business. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Elena. Elena has been the one on our church board who has led along with Joe and Caitlin over the last few months and now is in the stage of relaxation. <laughs> Not yet. Three more weeks to go. <laughs> I think for me 2019 has been the year of only God can do this. Um, you know, being on the board and, and in February having, a, you know, our then pastor Joel sort of saying, hey, giving you a heads up. But I think all three of our lead team pastors are going to be out of here by the end of the year and possibly, and you know, possibly at that stage there was talk of Joe... Um, and Matt moving back to Papua New Guinea as well. Um, and then a little bit later, Bonnie says, I'm pregnant, I'm leaving. <laughs> so we're sort of sitting there as a board reeling going, we have a potential where our entire staff are going to go. And, and when it did come that our three lead pastors are all leaving at the same time, that's scary. Like, what, what was God going to do? But throughout that whole process, from day dot, what just was deep in my heart, probably more than I'd ever experienced before, was God saying, I've got this. 
You do not need to be afraid. Open your hands and expect. Sit back and watch what I can do. Mm. And it was probably the first time that I really had that very strong conviction. And I've sat back and watched what God can do. And it's been phenomenal. And, and I don't know how many places can lose all of their key staff at once within a matter of weeks and grow and move forward and expand and have, you know, people like Steve just still have people coming to Christ, the church functioning well, um, you know, differently but well to have Jono to, to go through or where are we going to find a new pastor from and I'm so excited in three weeks' time, you know, to have Jono start because, again, only God could do that. The journey that he was on to lead him to here was sitting back going, wow, only God can do that. Mm. And I think for me this year has been a real year of, of you know, planting the feet and going, just trust in God. Put yep. your hand out. Pray, expecting it to come. And when we pray, expecting to God, and it's really convicted me that, you know, I'm a little bit, anti is the wrong word now, but when I hear people going, oh, God, oh, I really hope you can do this, I'm like, no, you just have to go, God, you will. I'm praying for this. I'm praying expectantly. I'm praying with conviction. I'm praying with a knowledge that you will come through. And that's been awesome, and it's been awesome to see. And I'm so excited about what 2020 is going to bring as well because it's been an awesome 2019. Thanks. Thanks, Elena. Exciting days, aren't they? God's good, and uh, we can uh, praise him for that. Is somebody else who'd like to share before we've got one more? I thought it might have been Aaron. Caitlin reminds me a lot of, like, um, my daughter said to me one time, can you imagine my, my daughter, not Wendy's, because she's always nice to me, <laughs> but uh, my, my next daughter, Dan, said to me, Dad, you could talk at length on any subject with or without information. <laughs> so what were you going to say, Caitlin? Yeah, okay. Was that a dig at me, Lionel? <laughs> <laughs> Ramble long time. That's my name. Um, I am really grateful um, to a lot of things for 2019. Um, I'm just sitting there reflecting on the fact that it was probably just a year ago, or just over a year ago, that Aaron and I decided to call Axis home. And um, for me, it was a massive journey to actually be um, back and committed to a local church and committed to um, ministry, and I just... Um, started coming along to the worship team and worship time and um, there's a whole story in that for me. Um, I'd been on a wild journey with God and I'd got married and I'd had a child in the opposite order and um, and probably about a year ago we found out, um, probably just over a year ago, our little girl, we knew that some stuff was not quite, um, I'm not going to say right, but we knew some stuff was different with our little girl and um, she was um, diagnosed um, uh, uh, autistic, so ASD, a level three. So we now have a beautiful, um, almost three-year-old, three in March, that um, 
She doesn't communicate in any way, shape or form except for a little tantrums, which we love. <laughs> so no pointing, no waving, no speaking. It's been an interesting journey this past year. And um, we've had some incredible answers to prayer. One of the biggest is just recently, uh, actually Christmas Eve at 4.30 or 4 o'clock Christmas Eve, I got a message from our planner with NDIS who had said that our plan has been approved. So she gets um, intensive support therapy through an organisation called AIOU, which is about 20 hours a week therapy, which is incredible and a massive blessing and I'm so grateful for God for that. Um, but she is the light of our life. Like we, we were sitting, she doesn't seem like it right now because she's not very happy. <laughs> you know, every morning we wake up and she comes in and she wrestles with us on the bed. She, when we say wrestle, she jumps on us and that's always fun. <clears throat> because she's about 25 kilos. So, um, but she smiles, she makes us laugh. She, um, there are so many incredible things about her. So for this past year, whilst it's been an interesting journey as far as going, okay, how are we going to navigate this? Um, and even... A little bit of a grieving process, to be honest with you. Um, even this morning, I I was holding a little baby, a couple in our church. It's their grandbaby, and I was holding her and him, sorry. And he's there, and he's gazing at me, and he's smiling at me. And it was a moment that I went, I I haven't had that. So I never had that as my little baby, just gazing at me like I was the most incredibly beautiful person on earth. Aaron looks at me that way, but you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's different. It's not bad. It's not worse. It's not better. It's just different. And I get to wake up with her and wake up with those smiles and those giggles. Row, row, row your boat. That's, that's pretty intense. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm so grateful and so thankful for God, the way that he has moved in our lives and the way he has made her such a huge blessing to us and I cannot tell you how much of a blessing she is and um, the way that it's brought us together as a family um, and just some really cool stuff and I have rambled long time haven't I Lionel? <laughs> thanks, thanks Caitlin. I believe we need to be just praying for little Madison. You know, just she's just a, a bundle of energy that uh, that God might do a real breakthrough in that little girl's life and just free her from that autism. And uh, Tammy, I'm going to get you to come up and share a little bit of your journey. And then if you'd like to pray for these ones that have shared, for that you've forgotten already, haven't you? No, hang on, not just yet, not just yet. We've got uh, Greg is uh, asking us for prayer. So, Greg, come and share with us what's happening in this week, this this month. So then I'll get you to come and share a little bit, Tam, and, and pray. Thanks, mate. Yes, in relation to God's plans, uh, sometimes they take some time, a long time. But for me, if I could just take a few moments, I became a Christian yeah. as a teenager, as 13, at 13 years of age. I'm 70 years of age now. I've been involved with the church um, ever since. 
and I've enjoyed being involved with men's groups and so on and um, going and sharing with men and hearing how their life is panning out. Involved in leadership in the church. And in 1994, I went to an Emmaus walk uh, and it changed my life in the most positive way. And through the Emmaus walk, I got introduced to Kairos Prison Ministry. And in 1997, I went to Long Bay Jail and I took part as a, one of the leaders, one of the team in this uh, Kairos course, which is a short course in Christianity. And on that occasion, I met a gentleman by the name of Patrick. Patrick was from the USA and flew into uh, Sydney and he had um, drugs in his possession, so he went straight to jail. Um, but I met this gentleman. I, I, I did chorus number three and he did chorus number two and he openly admitted that uh, having done chorus, he had um, become a believer and although he was in jail, he was sure. free. Amen. He was free and he spoke in that way. He subsequently um, was released and, of course, immediately deported and sent back to the USA. But he reunited with his family because mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. in Kairos kept in contact with him, which was a wonderful thing. Yep. Yes. So, um, 97, Long Bay. 98, Grafton Palms, or the jail at Grafton, and 99, Burrallen. Um, we are trying to get uh, Kairos approved for Queensland. Um, and although we ran a, a trial at uh, Burrallen, uh, we didn't subsequently get the approval of the State Chaplaincy Board. So begun, uh, we began uh, 10 years, um, and in 2010, we um, uh, started at Darthagori, and tomorrow I'm taking part in Walst, and we've had 18 programs at Arthagori. Um Tomorrow I'm taking part in the uh, Kairos program at Walston, uh, Walston number 10, uh, and this year is the first for this in as much that we, whilst we did uh, Grafton, uh, Gatton, number seven, it was actually the first program that we've done for women inside mm -hmm. a jail here in Queensland. And my wife, Helen, was part of the team that um, went in on that occasion. Yes. So, um, all of our Kairos activities are underpinned by prayer. And that's what I've come for this evening, to share with you about this ministry I want to share with you that uh, Jesus Christ is alive and well in correctional centres. There are some amazing lads who have made mistakes, but they have That's wonderful, right. sincere Christian faith mm. and wonderful uh, Christian and Bible knowledge, which they're willing to share. And I've had uh, inmates praying for me and for my family uh, and That's so right. on. So, as I said earlier, I've always enjoyed being involved with the men's group because just observing getting the support, and that led me to um, wanting to go and to share with the inmates because men have assisted me and mm. I would like mm. to do my part to assist them. Mm. So if you're willing to be a prayer supporter, um, I have some uh, little leaflets that you can put on your uh, fridge with magnet, and as you're doing your devotions this week, if you would pray for the 18 inmates who are taking part in this short course in Christianity, and the 14 team members. So we have nothing to do with the uh, selection of the inmates. It's purely the management and the chaplains. Um, and they uh, decide who will be invited because they believe that doing this course will benefit uh, the, uh, the inmates. <coughs> so thanks, that's Rex. a very quick uh, summary. So thank you, and we, we really appreciate 
the support that uh, Kairos receives from Axis Church. It's 7.30 tomorrow morning. 7.30 to 3.30, Monday to Friday yeah. for the next week. Pray for Greg and make sure you grab one of those um, sheets of paper so you can be praying because prayer changes things. That's great. I remember years ago when um, our family, we went to Melbourne to, um, for our study at Kingsley and, uh, and I was given the opportunity to pastor in Broadmeadows. And uh, in Broadmeadows, I didn't know, I was just a country boy going into the city. And um, after being in Broadmeadows for a while, I found I got to know more crims and other people than I ever knew existed. And um, I remember we had a couple of ladies who had been in jail and we were uh, establishing a home group with them. And, uh, and I made the mistake of saying with these people, I said, I'd love to develop a couple of cell groups with you. And they said, no, we're past that, so I don't run cell groups anymore. They're all home groups. And, uh, you know, just language makes a difference, doesn't it? But it's just a blessing and uh, praying for, for Greg as he goes, Tam, you didn't know what you were going to do tonight, did you, when you came? And, uh, and all I know is that you're going to come and share what's happened and then and Nick wanted to lie in these carp- and, and these uh, bean bags. So, so I, d- I didn't know, but... It, when <laughs> You get to talk about God, it's always good. There's always something great to say mm. when we talk about our Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. And I've really enjoyed hearing the testimonies from people tonight. And you want me to pray for those people Absolutely. as well? Yeah. So, um, well, I'm one of those that Elena mentioned from staff. That I felt like I, I said to the board when I mentioned it, I think back in April, don't put me in the naughty corner, you know. Um, but God had been speaking to me for over a two-year period about new seasons. So in August this year, I left my position of working here at the church full-time. And um, I had such incredible peace about that. And I didn't have anything to go into. But when God is tugging at your heart and he's telling you to do something, it's always key to be obedient. And um, who mentioned we, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. So taking those steps of faith and trusting God. And for me, going into a season of rest, which was incredible, I was able to sit outside, enjoy our garden that Nick tends to, that I just get to uh, appreciate and just read God's word for hours. That's a luxury. Like sometimes three or four hours and I love God's word, but I can say now with conviction, I love it more than I did 12 months ago. It's like I want to devour his word. This is truth. This is life. This is hope. This is joy. This is peace. This is direction. And so God gave me that time of rest to read through the Bible chronologically. I'm in Isaiah. It takes a while to get there. And just the insight and revelation of things that I've read for many years. I was like going, wow, God, you are absolutely incredible. And so my encouragement to you all, as it always is, is to to get into God's word. Because this is where we get revelation from. You know, the things of God are foolish to those who don't believe. But when we are born again believers, this word just absolutely illuminates and it is for us to live by. It's it's gold. It's precious, more precious than gold or rubies or anything like that. 
so God's really taken me on a journey and now I'm, I'm going into my own business, um, ministry slash corporate with all the things that I was doing here at church and the leadership training space and coaching and mentoring, um, some itinerant work as well. I've been invited to Sydney next year to a conference. I spoke in a conference in September and God is just opening those doors. As we are obedient to him and we step out in faith, because I didn't know, I'm like, you know, God, we do have a mortgage. God knows that. He's got that covered. He says, I've got your back. I've got your back. So um, it's still early days. Um, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. I'm excited about that. But I would be really happy to pray for the people that have come up and shared. Um, There is power in prayer. And God wants to do something in people's hearts and lives tonight. And um, Lionel's just given the pulpit to people and he's asked me to pray. So I'm going to be obedient to to one of the wonderful elders here. Going to listen to him. And so if you have shared tonight, if you'd like to come out the front and we want to pray, I want to pray for you. And maybe some people can come behind and support through, through that. The Holy Spirit's amazing. You know, I don't know what to pray for now. But the Holy Spirit knows what each of these people need. Mm. And so I'm trusting him in this moment. And will you trust him with me? Amen. As we pray and share, as they've shared together. So, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for Mike, Father. I thank you for the man of God that he is. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that he is. And his, his prayer, this whole journey and this whole time has been that this sickness will bring glory to you, Amen. Father. Yes, Jesus. And it is indeed bringing glory to you. We thank you, Father, for that incredible praise report, Lord. And we ask for more, Lord. I ask for more in the name of Jesus. And I just pray right now. For complete healing and restoration. Amen, God. Every cell, every organ, every ligament. Oh, Father, I just curse that cancer in Jesus' name and render it powerless in his body. And I thank you, Father, that he is a living, breathing, walking testimony of your goodness. Seal it, Lord, I pray that 2020 is going to be such an amazing year for him, Lord, that you would bless him physically, spiritually and emotionally and Marianne in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the testimony in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you for Steve, Father. Oh, wow. All those firsts, Lord God. All those incredible firsts, Father. Yes. And we pray 2020 is going to be a year of many more firsts, Lord. Mm. I thank you for the boldness and courage that you've put in him that can only come from you, Lord, that it can only come for you that this man could walk into this church, Father, and come up on this pulpit and testify of your goodness, Lord. We thank you that you wooed him by your spirit. Mm. And I pray, Father that through his conversion, there'll be a tsunami of conversions, Lord God. That there'll be such an overflow in the name of Jesus from uh, his beautiful Jen 
to his children and his grandchildren, Amen. Lord. I pray for the sceptics <coughs> in his family will look and see the beautiful fruit that has been produced from this amazing yes, man. Bless mm. him in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. I thank Amen, you, Father. I yes. thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I thank you for Pauline. What a great testimony and a beautiful Tabitha, Father. I thank mm. you, Lord God, that you delivered this dear young one, this dear Baba, Lord, mm. from those voices, Father. We give you glory. And we just come against anxiety right now in Jesus' name. Amen. That is not from you, Lord, and I pray that you give this dear, precious one that peace, Lord, yes, that Jesus. peace that surpasses all understanding to guard her beautiful heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Mm. I pray that you give Pauline continued strength in this journey as a single mum, Lord, that you are with her, Father, that, that she will know she's never alone. She is never alone, Father, and that you will meet all her needs and her family's needs according to your riches Amen. and glory yes, Jesus. in Jesus' name. Amen. I Amen. thank you, Father. And I thank Laura. you for this precious girl. I'm sorry for Laura. the first name. Laura. Oh, Laura. Oh, Father, I thank you for that opportunity Laura had to go to PNG, Father. And, Lord, she is gentle. She is humble. Yes. But she is strong, Lord. You've put mm. something in this dear girl that I sense how much that she loves you, Father. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll give her dreams and visions that can only Amen. come from you, Lord. Yes. Yeah. That mm. she can look forward to 2020, Father. That she can step into it with all confidence and courage and boldness, Lord. I pray that you will open doors that no man can shut and you will close doors that no man can open, Father, yes. and that yes, your favour will be upon her, Father God. I thank you that your love and your light shine brightly from her and thank I pray you, that she will have greater influence in 2020 for all the young people, Father, that she comes into contact with, Lord. Mm. Bless her mm. now, I pray, in Jesus' you, name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for Greg. We thank you for the uh, Kairos ministry, Lord, and what's coming up from the from the 30th, Father. We, we thank you that... Um, He's so passionate about this ministry in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you for that, Father. And Lord God, we pray for these prisoners, Lord. You know them right now. You see their faces, each and every one. And you died on the cross for their sins, Father. And I pray that they will have a revelation, Lord, that they are forgiven, Father, that as they come to you, Lord, and uh, give their hearts to you, Lord, that they will be blown away, Father, that whiter than snow, just as we sung tonight, Father. And I just pray, Lord, for that team, that you will strengthen the team, Lord, that you'll give them uh, the words to speak to these guys. And I pray that the workers there, the wardens lord will also be touched by your spirit in the name of jesus i just praise you father for this great and mighty work that it's happening lord god 
Lord, we thank you for Jonathan that is coming, Father. We thank you for what you have done in this church, in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you have orchestrated things, Father, for this church and the new season, Lord God. And we pray a blessing upon him and his family, Father. We pray a blessing upon Axis Church and what you are doing here, Lord, with the team that's here, with the board, Lord, with people that are about to come in, Lord. We just thank you and give you glory. This is your church, Father, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the army of the Lord. So we thank you, Lord God, for that. Where's Caitlin and little Maddie? Are they here? Maddie's gone home. I'll pray for, for dear little Maddie, Lord. We thank you for that gorgeous little girl. We thank you, Father, that she is fearfully and wonderfully made that you knit her together in Caitlin's womb and you have plans and purposes for that, Bubba, Lord God. And I just pray your hand upon her, your protection upon her, Lord. I pray for Caitlin and Aaron, Father, Lord, that you would give them all the strength, Lord, that they need in this journey of raising that beautiful girl, Lord God. She is perfect in your sight, Father, and we love her and that's nothing compared to the love that you have for her. And we pray that you would bring all the resources that she needs for her health, for her healing, for her journey in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. I pray that you bless Lionel now as he shares on his heart, Lord, what he has. We thank you for this man of God. We thank you, Lord, despite sickness and disease, that he carries on, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is his strength, that he loves people deeply and passionately, that he cares for people so intimately, Lord. We thank you for the blessing that he and Glenn are to our church and Wendy as well. We commit them to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Just one verse to share. Um, Got to share, and this is for everybody. Are we ready for a verse to take into uh, 2020? It's in Psalms. I'll get up there in a sec because as soon as Lionel said, I'm coming up, I was like, All right, Lord. So, this verse in Psalm 65 11 You crown the year with your bounty. And your carts overflow with abundance. And that is my prayer for you all here. God crowns our year full, bountiful, plenty, abundance. He's a good, good father. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Good. Well, that's great. Isn't it good to be able to have people share with us? And uh, now you can rest because I'm not going to preach. But um, we just want to have an opportunity just to give God thanks for what he's done. And I'm just thinking for next year, if um, I get a chance at night, I might end up doing the series like this one uh, of um, Moses. Love to preach on Moses. Beautiful series that I'd love to share. But I'm just going to say, don't try to follow me, Michael, because I don't know where I'm going. That's, not a, that's an admission, isn't it? But that little passage that we read there, that was going to be read from Exodus, is just the, the story of Moses, how Herod had decided, the Pharaohs had decided that all the baby boys were going to be killed. And uh, 
Moses was born and for three months his mother cared for him. And after three months, was finding it almost impossible to care for a child or even to keep them quiet. And, uh, and so, what's Moses' mother's name? Anybody know? Exodus doesn't tell you, does it? But it does. Anybody knows what Moses' mother's name was? Anybody know? It doesn't tell you in Exodus 3, but in Exodus 6.20, tells about Jochebed. And her father, well, his father was Amran. And uh, so I thought it's interesting when you read the story at the beginning of Exodus, it just says that a, a, a mum had a son. And at three months, and I just want to share this with you tonight for you to think about, was that Jochebed took that little baby, that precious gift of a little son. She didn't want him killed. And so Exodus tells us that she made a little basket of papyrus reeds, lined it with tar, and put her precious gift in that little basket and placed it in the weeds in the Nile River. And then she got her daughter to watch what would happen. And I know it's, it's just a, a, a little bit of a stretch I'm making here because it just says that she placed him, the little baby in the papyrus reeds. But I just want to have a little bit of a stretch here and I think of Jochebed as she took that precious little gift given to her and put that beautiful little three-month-old child in that basket, in a sense, and pushed it out into the river to let it go. Can, can you imagine her feeling as she gave her son? But Jochebed's daughter sat there and watched. And God sent... Pharaoh's daughter down and she wanted to go and have a swim in the river. And as she was there, they saw the basket and they saw this child in the basket and she said, it must be one of the Jewish babies. But she had compassion. And she took this little child and said, I will look after it. And says, what am I going to do with it? And Jochebed's daughter said, would you like me to find a lady who will care for the child? And the little girl said, I'll find somebody to care. And she got Jochebed to come and care for her son. Isn't God amazing? Isn't God good? Yeah. It's a part of his plan. Yeah. It's a part of his plan. And we can go through the rest of Moses' story, his life, and just see how God worked out plan after plan after plan. And I, and I think about that, and I'm going to finish with this bit here. The thing that thrills me, that, that God took Moses and had him raised in an Egyptian palace, a place where he got to know how the Egyptians thought. 
He got to know how the Pharaoh thought. He got to live as an Egyptian amongst the Egyptians who were rulers over the captives of Israel. And here we have Moses is being educated in a palace, being cared for by his mother who taught him the ways of the Jews. Because God said, down the track, 80 years down the track, I have a plan where I'm going to use Moses to lead the children of Israel, some two and a half million people or so, out of Egypt. And Moses is going to need to know how they think. So he had him educated by the Egyptians. And he was going to lead the people because he knew how the Israelites thought as well. And so think about that and I think, isn't God amazing? But as we come to an end of a year, and uh, if I knew I was going to go this way, I would have done something a little bit different again, but Jochebed took that little child, put him in the basket and let him go without any idea of the consequences. She, She didn't know. I wonder... Tonight, is we're here, and I wonder, just imagine I had a, a basket on the bench, on the table, on the platform here, and I said, what I would like you to do is to take a piece of paper and write down on the piece of paper the thing that you would want to give to God that you know you're just going to give it to him and trust him with it and and push it out in the river and let it go. I wonder what you'd put on your paper. That you know for this year to be the year that God wants it to be for you, you're going to have to let it go and trust God with it. And so as you think about that, I ask you that question, what would you put on the paper and put on the basket and, and push it out and let it go? Because God wants us to go into a new year, into a new decade, with a new freedom in our spirit, with a new joy in our heart and a hope for the future because we know God is with us. And God, you have got some amazing things that you want to do. And you know the good part? God wants you and me to be a part of it. Isn't that exciting? You know, one of the miracles I believe that happens every day is that God would take ordinary people like me, an old pig farmer, and says, trust me, I'm going to use you. So put your life in the basket and give them to me, said God, and you will see what I can do with you. So I wonder what you'd put in your basket and push it out and let go this year. Maybe if you want to write on a bit of paper and tell me, I'd be happy to, for you to give it to me and tell me about it. But God wants us to have a new freedom this year that we cannot even begin to imagine. God is with us and he will bless us. We hear the joy of Steve and we hear the joy of Mike. 
And isn't it good to know that God blesses us and goes before us in our struggles? And he wants us to put our struggles, put them in the basket and push them out and let God have them. Thanks, JL. What are you going to sing for us?